Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I'm your host, Emmy Morgan. I apologize if I sound echoey or if I'm cutting out or any technical issues. I um, tried to call into, I have a specific number that I call into and it wasn't working. So I'm logged into the actual website. So again, I apologize, but I do have a special guest with me. Um, I, <laughs> I call him my twin and I think I've talked about it before. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my manager had asked me to reach out to somebody that he's friends with, and I did, and it turns out this person is on the phone right now. Say hello, Elliot. Hello. How are you? Good. Um, so the reason why I call Elliot my twin is because if you look at baby names, because I have a, a book of baby names. As a writer, I always try to come up with different names, and Isn't that I don't want to always. Yeah, I don't always want to use the same name, so I have a baby book, and in this baby book, it says twin names, a section for twin names, and one of the names is Emily, and her twin is Ethan, and then another one is Emily, and her twin is Elliot, and then they have Elliot and Ethan as twins. So I'm like, oh my god, I, I just met my twin. We're both E's. So that's why Elliot is my twin. Um, but the reason why my manager wanted me to reach out to Elliot is because Elliot, drumroll, has become his authentic self, and he's actually come out as trans recently. So um, we're going to do a little bio on Elliot and then get into some topics. But Elliot, tell us your story, please. Um, well, I'm actually 55, so this is sort of, um, it's maybe a little later in life than it is for a lot of people, but I think that a lot of people from my generation, uh, mm-hmm. we didn't have the freedom back then, so I think that mm-hmm. that's why most of us come out late. You know, when I was a kid, yeah. you didn't even talk about things like that. Yeah. Um, though I was yeah. fascinated with Mary, Mary Wollstonecroft and, and other female transvestites, um, oh, what we okay. called them back then, mm-hmm. and uh, Christine Jorgensen, which most people don't remember, mm-hmm. she was the first trans woman, and I mm-hmm. said her name to a lot of people, and they're like, who? Oh, for God's sake. Yep. Um, I am a writer. Um, I am currently working on, we're casting a film called Marshall Family that I wrote on spec. Um, it's supposed to, I'm hoping that we're going to be filming in the fall. Um, working in LA is like having lunch with a dog. It's not really yours till you swallow it. So we have the funding coming. <laughs> I love that. Thing. I've never heard that. We have, we have, we have fun. We have funding coming through. If it doesn't fall mm-hmm. through, fingers crossed. All that kind of stuff. That is the yep. disappointment that you get in LA. Mm, yeah. I have funding. I have funding. I have funding. Darn it! They pulled it at the last minute. Yeah. Um. And uh, what else? 
Um, I, up until very recently, worked at a charity organization that helped get jobs, remote jobs for people who could not get traditional jobs, people who were disabled, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people in wheelchairs and blind people and deaf people. Um, though deaf it was very hard because there's a lot of, uh, we listened to calls and, uh, they were working on trying to find a way to get that worked out transcribing or something. Um, I, uh, I've been writing since I was 13, which if you'll do the calculations for something like 35, 40 years, something like wow. that. Um, I've worked with a lot of conventions. I've worked, I've worked with a lot of really big writers. I've worked with, um, Ray Bradbury, and a guy named Spider Robinson and, and Clyde Barker. I've met all of them and, you know, tried to kind of learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I write predominantly horror and science fiction. My, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's the, I, when you're trans, you're male all along. You just don't know it. So my mm-hmm. pursuits have always been very male. And I tend to write horror and science fiction and the hard, and really hard science fiction. I'm really into science. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm finally branching off trying to write romance, and I'm discovering that it's easier for me to write gay romance at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, it's, it's really it's weird. It's so funny that you say that, yeah. um, because all my life, when I started writing, it was romance from a female's point of view. So it's so funny that yeah. you say that about yourself, being a trans man. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really agree. difficult for me to realize that I was trans because I'm also bi. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, so I see. It took me a long time to realize that there are three things. There is gender, there is sexuality, and then there is, um, you know, who you are, or, or gender, sexuality, and sex. And they're all mm-hmm. kind of different things, even though sexuality yeah. seems like it would be about sex. Mm-hmm. Gender has nothing to do with your sexuality. You can be the biggest nope. biggest he-man in the universe and be just mm-hmm. as gay as they come. Mm-hmm. You can be yep. really, really feminine and really, really hetero. And it took mm-hmm. me a long time. Actually, writing the story that I'm working on now is when I, when I really realized that one of the characters makes this thing about how what you do and who you are and how you interact with the world makes you your gender and the person that mm-hmm. you are. Who yeah. you sleep with is your sexuality, and they're different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny it that your writing did because, that for you, because my writing did that for me as well. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think agree. that writing, any kind of writing, fiction or nonfiction <clears throat> journaling, it's really mm-hmm. a way to get through to who you are, your authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Yep. So, so wow, that's um, are you are you as terrified as I am about the legislation that Trump brought down this week? So Massachusetts is a little different from the other states. Um, Massachusetts is more, yeah, we hear what he's saying, but we're not going to listen to him. They've done that on a lot of yeah. issues. Um, so am I terrified? I'm more terrified for. Well, I feel like I'm safe. And I know that sounds naive. I'm more terrified yeah. by like, like yourself, like you're not in Massachusetts. And that I live in North me. Carolina. I'm going to believe that right. on the side. Right. And they would let you, they would let you. And, and even as a trans, uh, even, even as a trans man, trans mm-hmm. men are less offensive to 
the conservative mm-hmm. Christians than yeah. um, trans women. So I'm much yeah. more worried for my sisters than they am me. And uh, most people don't realize this, but in history, there were only three civilizations that really had anti-lesbian laws. Um, wow. The ancient Greeks and the ancient Greeks were weird. They they didn't like women at all. So the idea that a woman could do anything without a man was very offensive to them, and it was punishable by death. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the the Americans, the United States, had uh, a law against lesbianism, and I can't remember what the other one is. Um, when they went to Queen Victoria, and she was she handed down some of the most strict anti-homosexual laws ever. Um, mm. You could go to jail for life for being homosexual under her. Wow. They went to her and they said, well, well, what about the ladies? What about the lesbians? And she looked at them and she said, that sort of thing isn't possible. And so oh there was my never gosh. any legislation written about lesbians. Yeah. Wow. That's just terrifying and crazy at the same time. Which that means a woman she never had the joy of somebody women. going down on her. <laughs> No wonder she was so upset. Do you see why I love Elliot? Do you see why I love this man? He is so hilarious. This is how he is, like, off camera, off offline, too. He's so fucking hilarious. Oh, I love him. Um, I think he might be Thank right, though. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's one thing we were talking about before air. We were talking, and it's so funny you mentioned that. I actually posted something. Oh, I can't remember where I posted it. I think I posted it on Instagram a couple a couple weeks ago. There is such a hierarchy in this country mm-hmm. for different people. Different groups are treated completely different. And I yeah. also talked about on this podcast, it is so much easier. And maybe it's because I'm being naive. It's easier to go from feminine to masculine as a trans man than there is to go from masculine to feminine as a trans woman. Yeah, I have some and there's features. a reason and there's and there's a reason for that because it's all the politics right. of sex. Yeah. Um, the the powers yeah. to be and we're talking about rich Republican men, most of them mm-hmm. are gay, but they're in denial and they hate themselves. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. so a, a, a FTM trans people are something that they desire but can never have and when it's something like that that sets up this negative vibration in your brain and it makes Mm -hmm. you hate that thing i want it but i can't have Mm -hmm. it and you know for the ones and i think for those guys even those who are straight they're so insecure in their sexuality and it's something that they don't talk about i Mm -hmm. one of the things that i have always done is when i find young people who are teenagers I I will talk to them about their sexuality because if nobody else will, I will say yeah. things to them and they'll say like I think I'm gay and I'll be like well here's the questionnaire, you know when did you start thinking you were gay? Do you look at pictures of men and masturbate? That those questions because if if the answer is no because boys it, when I was before I was trans everybody was like. Well, when did you realize that you were gay was a really big question. And all, almost every gay person I ever talked to said that they realized when they were a child. When you're mm-hmm. straight, you may not ever realize it. There may not ever right. be that epiphany because you are normative and you never question mm-hmm. it. Yep. And so most straight people 
go through their whole lives with this little bit of doubt. Maybe I'm bi. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. weird. Maybe I'm gay and I just don't know it because they don't talk about it. They don't. It's not as important to them because it's not as life-threatening an issue. It's right. okay to be straight. It's not okay to be gay. Right. Um, right. And so that that's where a lot of this hostility comes from is I am a firm believer because I have been a peer support specialist for years and I've, you know, worked volunteer counseling groups and all that kind of stuff that nobody ever relates to you on your level. It's always about them. If somebody mm-hmm. loves you, it's because they see things in you that they either want to cultivate in themselves or that they see in themselves that they love and consider positive. Right. If they hate you, it's because they see your darkness, their darkness in you. Yeah. And just because it's their darkness doesn't mean it's yours. You know, one right. person celebrates being gay or trans and another person is terrified that they may be. Right. So, you know, the, all of those guys, they're all terrified that they are gay and they know how their families would react and they know that their church would, would reject them and they know that they would be treated the way that they treat us. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big thing in this country. Oh, Elliot, um, for some reason, got dropped. He's going to call back in. Um, but while he's trying to call back in, I just wanted to um, tell you guys about June 14th and it being Happy Obama Day. Um, the reason why it's called Happy Obama Day is because today is actually Donald Trump's birthday. And in celebration of, celebration, um, to oppose the fact that he is the type of guy who rolls back transgender um, protections, like Elliot was speaking, um, that he, he did, the, he made this announcement on Friday, the four-year anniversary of uh, Pulse. And so what we've decided is to celebrate Obama Day on his birthday. So we're putting up all social media posts and everything in regards to um, uh, we're doing hashtag Happy Obama Day, hashtag uh, Happy Birthday Trump, hashtag All Black Lives Matter, and hashtag Happy Pride Month. So we're doing this today to just to um and just oh, I don't know how to say it um despite his birthday to kind of like put it in his cross so I just wanted to make you guys aware that's the reason why um it's titled that way and um yeah uh Elliot are you back can you hear Hello? me yep can hear you cool um it's been going, you're muted, you're muted, you're muted. <laughs> Sorry, what is with the technical issues? And you know what's funny? On uh, Thursday when I was interviewing someone, it like kicked me out of the conversation and she kept talking. I'm like, wait, what's going on with this website? <laughs> so, um, well, that's great. She knew, she knew how to work on the radio. You just keep talking. Just, no matter what, you say uh, something, yeah. anything. I did find the post. I posted it on June 4th. The hierarchy of privilege, white cisgender hetero men, number one, white cisgender hetero women, two, white LGBTQ plus men and women, cisgender hetero men of color, 
black, brown. I realize I put yellow. I meant Asian. I don't want people to think I'm racist. I meant Asian. Um, cisgender, hetero, women of color, black, brown, yellow, and LGBTQ plus men and women of color, black, brown, and yellow. That's the hierarchy. And one thing well, Elliot and within, I were talking within about. People of, within oh, people of color, within mm. people of color, Asians are probably higher on that scale than you think they yeah. are. And so True. are uh, Latinos, at least for mm-hmm. uh, some place. Mm-hmm. And one thing Ellie and I were talking about before the show was um, if a, if you encounter a trans man, you will never know. You will never know. Because depending on the stage of that trans man, what happens with trans men is they trans men take testosterone to replace their estrogen so their whole entire body will change of course their height won't change but their fat distribution will change um well i mean there are some tall women that you know transition to men and they're still their same height um none of us are six eight (laughs) no that's true that's true um wait wait i have to ask a question do your feet get bigger or no? Um, I I don't think so, but I know your skin gets thinner. So the skin but gets thinner. But I have big feet anyway. Oh, okay. Your hair gets. You know um, what they say. Oh boy. Yeah, your your forehead <laughs> rises. You know you know what they say about men with big feet, right? They wear big shoes. That's right. No. Oh. <laughs> um. So you get body hair like nonstop. Yep. Uh, your that includes facial hair. Your voice mm-hmm. drops. That part killed mm-hmm. me because a trans woman, your vocal cords are all formed. They don't go anywhere when when you have estrogen. That just drives me nuts. But whatever. Um, yeah. What about your hands? Do your hands get bigger or anything like that? I don't think so. Just a display. Okay. Just a, a change in muscle muscle form. Also, I'm oh, okay. a gym rat, and I haven't been able to get in the gym for a while. Oh, boy. So as soon as I get that testosterone, I'm going back in the gym. Oh, I, I want boy. that martial artist body. And, and, and that's um, always been a big dysmorphia for me because being a gym rat, I could never get the body that I wanted, and I could never figure yeah. out why I could never get the body that I wanted. Because uh, I was always, always had a tummy. I always had, you know... Even when I was at my, I was at one point I was at like 165, which for my, for which is I've always been a big girl. I was always a big girl. Mm-hmm. But, um, I uh, when I was down at like 160, which is like 20 pounds overweight, I still I had like I have big breasts and I had big hips and you know I'm in there and I'm trying to fight that, not realizing mm-hmm. what I'm trying to fight. So uh, it didn't matter. Okay. I worked out an hour or two every day, seven days a week, you know, wow. and never built the body that I wanted. And now I know that once I get the testosterone, mm-hmm. I'll be able to have the body that I want. Yeah, you will. I'm going to have that. I want to have that chest that when women put their hand on it, they go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with you. I can't with you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is hilarious. Um, you said something about the forehead. What happens with the forehead? It recedes. Your hairline goes up. Wow. I did not some, know that. Some women, 
Some FTF people actually develop male pattern baldness. Now, what else yeah, didn't hormones, I I'm sure there's a whole host of things. I don't know a lot about trans men. I think you've covered most of it. The redistribution oh, okay. of fat is a yes. big deal. Oh, it happens that. in I the face. That. Your face oh, okay. becomes more masculinized. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Your hands, I think, become just like testosterone mm-hmm. is like this magic brew that your body makes. And there is a yep. belief in the scientific community that trans people, people don't think that hormones are, are powerful regardless of the fact that they all went through puberty and should know. Right, right. Um, but anyway. The, the emotional stuff, the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I have been very masculine all of my life and I am a fairly aggressive person. I ain't gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have never, I have never shied away from a fight. <laughs> oh, I don't start them, but I do finish mm-hmm. them. And, yeah. Um, so one of the things that it does is it's supposed to make you more aggressive. But you're not getting and, a, like and, a full dose right away. You're getting small doses right. of testosterone over time, right? So yeah, yeah you can, can. You they will they will if you ask give you larger doses mm. if you're impatient. I'm just not impatient. I am, I'm I'm right. 55 years old and I I can wait for shit. I just yeah. <laughs> but it's for okay. us, for, I order from Amazon. Trans- I order exactly. I order stuff from China. I I am patient. <laughs> <laughs> for us as trans women, our vocal cords, um, as what I'm told, have already been formed, so that's why yeah. it doesn't um, change them. I, I mean, your vocal cords as an adult are formed too, but I'm not sure why right. your voice drops and mine Be- won't. I'm because it's that. because um, it's because everything thickens. Your skin gets thicker. Actually. Oh, okay. And there okay. are there are lig- the ligaments get thicker, and there are ligaments, mm-hmm. and there is muscle in there mm-hmm. that controls your voice box, and yeah. it become they become thicker, which brings your voice down. Oh, okay. Okay, and it's also what um, makes your makes your um, the re, it also controls it's the same function that re, re, that controls the redistribution of fat and yeah. the the bulk of the muscle. I will also I have never had any upper body strength, and I am seriously looking forward to that because testosterone <laughs> helps with upper with overall muscle strength. Yeah, I'll be able to open jars. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that you say that somebody posted that. When they um, were dating somebody in college, this girl, um, she went to her mother and said, you know, mom, I'm gay. And her mom said, well, you're never going to have anybody to open jars for you. It's so funny you said that because I just saw yep. that on Facebook. And it's hilarious. Um, and the best thing, this is the best thing yet about being trans. The wardrobe is amazing. The pants have pockets, full yep. pockets. There's yep. one color palette. Everything yep. matches. There's one print plaid, and you're done. <laughs> I love that we're in total opposites of the spectrum. I love being a chick because I love color, and there's so much color. And I'm completely opposite of you because <laughs> you like, you know, classic look, classic colors. The, the pockets are annoying. But there yeah. are companies now that are starting to offer full pockets in women's jeans which is amazing, but yep. you don't care about we're that. Actually, we're actually wedding dresses with pockets. Cut it out. That's amazing. Yep. Oh, that's so amazing. I, um, 
I am. I can't wait to get my first suit. I'm gonna get a tailored suit. I want to wow. let my body define more because yeah, I like same. the skinny suits, the modern suits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the one that form fit. Yeah. I want a suit. Nice. I want a tux. Nice. Oh my god, I'm like so happy for you right now. I'm so glad Matt referred us together. Really, he's. I know, right? And you know what, Matt? You know what he always says. I only what? what? Oh wait, I'm trying to like think of exactly the quote. I'm gonna paraphrase because I can't get the exact quote. I only set up good people with good people. Yeah. That's kind of what he said. I he has an exact phrase, but um. Matt collects yeah. people. Yeah, he's he's an amazing guy. I love him. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about SpongeBob SquarePants for a second. Um, <laughs> why? Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, how did you not know from the very beginning that he's gay? He lives in a pineapple, for crying out loud. Um, yep. There are very few female characters. Very few. But you know what's funny to me? How hip, hip, hypocritical people are. They're upset that SpongeBob is gay and that gay and trans people are trying to put an agenda with their kids, yet they say nothing when Disney characters kiss. They say nothing when um, a baby comes out of the Lion King, like a lion cub. How do they think that that happened? You know? You know, here's here's the thing about the Lion King. Let's talk about hypocrisy. Oh, my God. Lion. Yep. Yep. In in lion society, mm-hmm. there is only mm-hmm. one female that is allowed to mate. Yes. That yes. means, or no, the, there's only one male one that's allowed male. to mate, which means male. that mm-hmm. Nala and exactly. Simba mm-hmm. are step, are half, half brother and sister. I said that so, when it came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you guys go back in my post when the Lion King came out, as I'm watching the live action version, I'm like, wait a minute. There's only Scar and Mufasa? Hold on. Yep. Where are the other dads? And, that's, and it was obvious in, in the live action version. It wasn't obvious in the cartoon. And I'm like, wait a minute. Ew. And so I brought this what up people? to a couple of people, and they were like, oh, yeah, we know. I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. You know? Because at the end, Nala and Simba have a baby. Like, yep. <laughs> And and that's the reason why there's only one male per, per tribe and all the others are chased off. And often, and it's always an ex, an outside male that replaces the current male because they, mm-hmm. they want to avoid that kind of stuff. It's like the other thing that drives me crazy is you have the Adam and Eve myth. You know, I, I am an atheist, um, but they have the Adam and Eve thing where, like at the end of Snowpiercer, the boy and the girl walk out and they're going to restart society. No, I'm sorry. Three generations from now, you're going to have a band X-File. That's what's going to mm-hmm. happen. There's a boy right. and a girl. And at some yeah. point, somebody else got to marry somebody else. Right. That that doesn't work. You need at least, I think it's at least five women and three men to have mm-hmm. a, a diverse enough gene pool. And so and when I, people say it, there was no Adam and Eve, there was Adam and Steve, I always say to them, are you proud of that fact? Because that means that you are married to your sister. Like, <laughs> think about it, guys. 
Yep. And if you read the Bible, Adam and Eve, I don't think they had daughters. I think they had all sons. They had four of them. They did. They did. They had all sons. So, yes. So that's a gay adventure right there. I mean, but we're not going to talk about that, right? We're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> People are funny. And the fact that you oppose, not you, but the fact that people oppose SpongeBob being gay, saying that there's a gay or trans agenda, you flip that around 50 years ago and you see black people or Spanish people. Well, what the hell? Why is there a black guy kissing a black girl? What are these black people trying to have an agenda? So God forbid a black guy and a white and a white girl, uh, <laughs> or vice versa. What are they trying to push a interracial agenda? Like people need to think that, before they the, speak. Here's the ahead. thing that people don't understand is that Disney and and all of that stuff and and being mm-hmm. okay with boys and girls kissing, mm-hmm. that is the hetero heteronormal agenda. Mm-hmm. They are yep. trying to convince us that their way of life is better. And that is an agenda just as much as gay and trans people and black people trying to be equal mm-hmm. is an agenda. Yep. Everybody has right. an agenda. Everybody, Everybody wants what's best for them. And there's mm-hmm. absolutely no reason why those things have to be negative to other people. Nope. I'm not asking to be a slave owner and have, you know, five white breeders running around beneath me. I'm mm-hmm. just asking that you don't, if I want to kiss my girlfriend in public, Get over it. I want to kiss my boyfriend right. in public. Get over it. Right. I'm not going to make out. I'm not that kind of person. I don't. And if somebody Dang. else is making out, if they're, you know, Ugh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a I'm going to walk over and let's say get a room, you know. But right. Why is right. it? Why is it in your business? Right. True. I 100% I agree. I don't get it. And Me, well, and I don't know. We are not. We are not necessarily pursuing our agenda as much as our agenda is conflicting with theirs. So right. they, they're like, well, my kids see, my kids see SpongeBob. And if you say that SpongeBob is gay, then that means that all of this agenda and brainwashing that I have done on my child is going to be jeopardized. And there's a chance that you yeah. can my baby gay. Mm-hmm. And they refuse to understand I mean, this is the thing for me because, you know, I spent my whole life, like I said, you know, the Walston crafts and, and Christine Jorgensen and really fascinated by this culture not and drag queens. Oh, my God, I love drag queens and drag queens. <laughs> and being in love with this culture and not understanding why. But, you know, they all have their coming out story and how hard it was and how their parents rejected them and, and, and how, you know, they agonized. And, and it wasn't like that for me. It was just I got up one day and I looked at the evidence and I went, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go with it, <laughs> you know. And there was there was no parade. There was no fireworks. There was no argument. I just got up and I went, you know what, I'm a guy. I need to get over it. I've been saying it for years. I need to own it. Yeah. And it has been that way. The whole transition for me, I am very careful. And it was good for me because I'm at a point where I am very careful about who I allow in my tribe, okay. Mm-hmm. If people don't like something, I will kick them out in a heartbeat. I, I am not, I don't need people in my life who aren't going to be part of my life. So, you know, I had, when I came out on Facebook, I had 200 people who, you know, 
came on, they were like, oh, my God, congratulations, yada, 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 and, and so proud of you, and you're so brave. And I had, like, this huge support group. And then I went to work the before, and I went to my boss, and I said, look, tomorrow I am coming out as trans on my, on my Facebook, and, you know, I'm only going to be here for a couple of weeks, but I wanted you to know in case somebody made a fit about it. And she said, nobody's going to make a fit about it. Everybody, everybody needs to deal with it. And she went to her boss and to the other boss and told them, and they all both immediately sent me messages. We support you 100%, et cetera. And apparently, oh. my boss's boss, my boss's boss said, "You need to tell everybody that if anybody gives her a hard time about this, that they can consider themselves fired." Wow. That that we are going to be supportive of this. Um, so I had this huge amount of support. There were like three or four other gay people at work. I came out as trans and. I announced it in this meeting and with everybody that I worked with, everybody in our division. And I, you know, I, they said that you're, we're going to be calling Cindy Elliott from now on because that's her name, or his name. And they were like, please forgive our pronouns. And, and uh, I, there were four other gay people who came out and they said, well, we're gay. It's okay. People that nobody knew that we didn't talk about. So it, there's this really great, Marianne Williamson quote that I really believe in, but I think if I haven't sent it to you, you did send it to me. (laughs) I I remember. I love that. I love this quote because it's kind of what I believe, Mm -hmm. and my life is a constant. uh, um, It's sort of like this. Hang on just a second. I'm looking on my internet. I can't look on the internet and talk at the same time, apparently. Duh. Uh, I'm going to try to find it because I thought, I'm pretty sure you sent it to me. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking I think at my I have it here. Okay. I'm going to read it real quick. And I want everybody okay. to, like, find this. Uh, I tell everybody, find this. Put it up on, on, you know, put it in a frame and put it on your wall. Yeah. Our deepest are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure about you. We are meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I have found this to be very true. I've had so many people. I've always been one of those people, though. I'll sit on on the bus and somebody will sit down next to me and say, you know, this problem in my relationship the sex isn't very good and not in a hit on me sort of way just in a, I need somebody to talk to and you look like I could talk to you right and I am a very I am a very judgmental person because I believe that I believe that judging people cuts you off from them if you judge mm-hmm. somebody you can't help them anymore I actually had right. a guy online who was like I'm a serial killer and I'm like sure and he's like no really and Instead of instead of going, ew, that's disgusting, I said, okay, let's talk about that. Because this is either somebody who's having a violent fantasy or somebody who's actually doing this. And that gave me the opportunity to say to him, 
you know, I know that you're miserable. I know that you're unhappy. I know that you're sick. And I know that if you go to the police, they can help you. You need to go to the police. You need to deal with this. If you haven't done this yet, you need to go to a psychiatrist and you need to talk about this. That gives me the opportunity to intervene and to stop. And, of course, surreptitiously, I went to a couple of friends who were cops, and I was like, you got to monitor this. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was in that position to say, you should turn yourself in. You really need to, you know, that's the only way this is going to stop, and you know it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I try not to judge anybody for anything. And one of the things that I have realized recently and, and the reason that this whole power struggle thing that, that you and I have been talking about, um, I realized that by stepping back and becoming a trans man as opposed to a white female, I've given up some of my privilege. Not mm. only still white, but um, like the incident last week when I took my father to breakfast and the guy across from me is screaming about libertards and how black people need to keep their place and how the Mexicans need uh. to go back to Mexico and how the world has fallen to sheer law. My dad, mm. we make fun, my dad is like one of those people that makes fun of him because he, he doesn't know the words and he, he calls it like Shakira law <laughs> or Shania law. So he'll start oh, talking boy. about him and he'll look at him and go, look at him and go, there is no Shanae law in the United States. <laughs> and he just doesn't get it. <laughs> so, um, just so people know, um, in case you're a racist listening to this, but I don't think you are, or in case you want to read somebody, Mexicans are actually Native Americans. Why I say yeah. that? Because they occupied most of Texas until yeah. people, kind of, uh, certain people, I think we all know who, pushed them out. So telling Mexicans to go back to where they came from, that would be, <laughs> that would yeah. be California. So it's just, not just racist, it's a heads stupid. up. <laughs> yeah, it's not just racist, it's stupid. Educate yourself before you tell somebody to go back to where they came from. Telling an African my favorite- person or a black person saying, go back to Africa. Um, okay, well, I didn't want to come here in the first place. We were kings and queens yeah. in Africa. You guys are the ones that brought us here, so. Mm-hmm. Eh, yeah, um, sorry, go ahead. I'm done. That's okay. Go ahead. Um, uh, people don't understand their history. I mean, Mm-mm. white people should go back where they came from. <laughs> I mean, go back to England. That's I'm what I should about start it. saying to people. <laughs> my 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 family is from Tipperary. I I did my 23 and Me, and my family is from Tipperary Island, Ireland. Um, wow. Um, uh, London, England, and Stuttgart, Germany. And wow. I have more Neanderthal DNA than the average person. Most people have about one and a half. I'm close to three from a yes. Neanderthal. Yes. I have 1% Ashkenazi Jew, which I'm very proud of. And I want Thanks. it because I come from a long line of racists. I really, really wanted there to be African in there. And <laughs> that would have been there great. There is. There's <gasps> 1% Moroccan African in our Wow. And I was sort of at one point. At one point, I was hoping that it was sub-Saharan African, but then I realized that it's better mm. that it's Moroccan because if, if you have – if you go to 23andMe and you find out that you have, like, sub-Saharan African, that means at some point in your past, one of your ancestors raped a slave. It's that simple. Yeah. That is pretty much the only way that sub-Saharan African gets into a white line. Moroccan African, on the other oh, hand, the Moors yeah. always intermarried with the Europeans. So, you know <laughs> – 
it's much more legitimate that way. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't even I'm Southern. think I'm Southern. about that. Yeah. I'm Southern, too, and my whole family is all these, they have these Confederate flags and stuff like that. Digging into our genetics, mm-hmm. I found out that all, all of my ancestors who fought in the Civil War fought for the Union. Uh, closing up the you're breaking up for me, darling. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think I lost you again. Wow. Oh, darn it. But white. You there? And and this, I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? And yep. this is nothing mm-hmm. new. There was there was racism, there was racism from the beginning. I mean, I I don't I don't think this is new mm-hmm. at all. I think that's what's new is that we are finally mm-hmm. achieving a point of enlightenment where we realize it's wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. hundred years ago, a hundred and twenty years ago. Children were routinely and legally sold as sex slaves. It was not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Children were put in workhouses. And now we value our children, and we don't want that happening to them. And right. I think 100 years from now, black and white will be normative. And there will be – because there is less racism. I mean, the difference – there is a difference, and it is getting better. And the difference is, is that 100 years ago, there wouldn't have been any white people at a Black Lives rally, Matters rally. Yeah. Now there are a lot of them. There wouldn't even so, been a Black Lives Rally. <laughs> absolutely. And so now you have a, a large percentage of white people, and we are achieving that tipping point. We're getting close to that tipping point where, where mm-hmm. skin color isn't going to matter anymore. And I think that yep. it's going to take a while after that where gay and trans, mm-hmm. we, are, mm-hmm. we are at this tipping point where we are literally fighting for the soul of humanity. Are we going to mm-hmm. go back to the Dark Ages when – you know, we were animal abusers and child abusers and, and slave keepers and all of that nastiness. Or are we going to move forward into that, what I call that bright, shiny Star Trek future? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I hope that, no. I've never, I've seen the Star Trek um, TV, sh- or movies, but not the TV show. But I would love to get there, though. It sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is wonderful, you know. Mm-hmm. Skin color doesn't matter. People having sex with aliens. I mean, you know. True. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Yes. I I got it now. I got it. Yep. Yep. And that's true. And that's what Roddenberry was talking about the whole time. He did the first interracial kiss ever on he TV. He did. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of sex in Star Trek, but the reason was is that he knew that he wanted to do a lot of civil rights stuff. And a lot of a lot of liberal uh, agenda stuff, and he knew that the uh-huh. censors would cut it out unless there was something else they would rather cut out, and they preferred right. to cut out sex, so he put it in there. As so aliens, because it's not, there's no color there. It's an alien. Mm-hmm. How can you like? Got it. I got it. Okay, maybe I should start watching more Star Trek. <laughs> I, I wish that they would have a, an openly gay person, but they did sort of have a trans person. They did address uh-huh. it in Deep Space Nine. There is this character named Jazada something or other who is mm-hmm. part of this culture that there is a human-like group, and then there is this symbiote. And the symbiote uh-huh. is actually the one that you're dealing with. 
and it moves uh, between bodies, male or and at one point the body dies for Jizada and is taken out of a male body and put into a female body and the crew has to deal with that. Uh, with dealing with okay. the same person in a new body, in a new gender. Got it. So, they they did have a gay character in the movie at the very last yeah. one. Um, but yeah. yeah, wow, that's cool. Who knew Star Trek was, was that amazing? I mean, I didn't. Star Trek is incredibly amazing. Yep. Wow. There is no there is no currency. People do the jobs they want to do. There's very little crime because all people nice. are treated with dignity and respect. Their uh, g- uh, gender is is not important. Color of skin is not important. Um, right. They did the first Asian ship, the first black captain of a ship, the first black wow. animal. You know. Wow. It was very that important so to Roddenberry. Cool. He's very liberal. You had mentioned so, yeah. earlier. Um, about agendas, and yeah. obviously Bradbury had his agenda. There's another agenda mm-hmm. coming that um, I kind of am on board with, and I wanted to talk about it real quick. Um, the Bachelor Nation has an agenda. So Bachelorette was supposed to be filmed right now. Well, no. Wait. Yeah, it's supposed to be filmed right now, and Bachelor in Paradise was going to play out in real time while Bachelorette was going to be filmed. Um, one of the people from the Bachelorette season, because obviously it was canceled, his name is Matt James. I'm sure you guys don't know him, or maybe you do. He is Tyler Cameron from Hannah Brown's season last year. Tyler, uh, Tyler Cameron's best friend. Um, Matt is black, obviously. That's why I'm talking about him. Um, handsome as hell and super tall. He has been announced as the new Bachelor. Why this is profound is he's going to be the first Bachelor in about 40 seasons of Bachelor Nation, the very first. And it's so funny that people had said so many times, course of, I think, the past, actually, the past two years, when are you going to have a Black Bachelor? Why don't you only have, you have a back black bachelorette. Why, now you need a black bachelor. When are you going to have it? People that never watched the show have said this. Suddenly, it's well, announced, okay, there is a black bachelor. And now people are like, well, no one cares. We don't care if you have a black bachelor. The same people. I'm confused. Well, I'm so confused. Is because people are trying to be enlightened. The reason that right. there was a black bachelor at first is because we were uh, living in the South, even as a child. When I was a child, I actually met a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and I, he identified himself. He was wearing a bla- blazer with the Klan insignia. I went uh, to a high school, which was technically not segregated, but it was. And they had one black student, a young black man. And a white girl accused him of raping her. Oh, my God. And the police, the police came in. Now, you know... She was full of shit. She didn't do anything. Of course, of course. um, And the police came in and they cleared him, and she admitted that it was the truth. And the Ku Klux Klan came in, and I happened to be in the office, and a Klansman looked at me, and he said, "Oh, little white girl, don't worry. We're here to protect you from the black man." And I told him to fucking. I've always had a mouth on me. 
He did not and, uh, expect that. No, he did not. And and there is this prevalent under there are myths in cultures that are spoken and unspoken. And we still live mm-hmm. with the unspoken culture that black men want to defile white women. Right. Which is crap. I mean all mm-hmm. I, I can speak to you as a man. I'm walking through a, I'm walking through a mall and it's a target rich environment for defilement as far as I'm concerned. But mm-hmm. it, it's being male, it's not being black. All men see beautiful women and they think Dang, girl, you know. Yeah. And I don't think that race has anything to do with that. It's just a myth. And that myth was created to keep everybody in their place. The the slave owner's wife was treated like crap, but at least she was better than the black women that were serving her husband. And those black women were better than the guys in the field because they were house blacks. And then the the guys, when you had the, the... the totem pole, and we carry that forward. And they needed this mythology, you know, honey, don't go out to the fields, and black men want to ravage you because they're animals. Right, and, right. And that mm-hmm. is ingrained in society, and it's something, it's mm-hmm. like when you were a kid and you were told that, you know, touching a spider was dangerous. Yes. You know now that maybe it's not dangerous, but you still get the oogie boogies. And, yep. and it's something that we really need to, it's those, like, I like to think of myself as not a racist, but I know that that is a falsehood. I don't dislike black people. I I love black people. I love people of color. But I realize that there are things that I was ingrained with as a child that I don't even think about as being racist that are still there. It's like I met a black woman the other day who was really into 80s techno pop like I am. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of hit me in the forehead because, you know, a black woman listening to the Pet Shop Boys just was really strange to me. And then it occurred to me, uh, that's racist. That mm-hmm. is stupid. So mm-hmm. I don't tell people I'm not racist. I tell people that I am looking for those little racist things in my head and trying to get rid of them. Got when it. I find them, I go, of course that's ridiculous. Of course that's stupid. Of course black people like the Pet Shop Boys. Black people like Celtic right. music. There are, you know, there are black people out there who waltz. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, and it's not weird, mm-hmm. and it's not strange because they're people. Yeah, you know, and I know that that mm-hmm. goes both ways. I mean, yeah, you know, I actually do I, like jazz. So. I was just informed. Well, I informed myself. I was just educated, actually. I should say that there's a black race car driver. I thought NASCAR was about mm-hmm. uh, rednecks. I had no idea that there was a black race car driver. I was shocked. You'd be surprised. This morning. You'd be surprised among rednecks. There's this guy I listen to called mm-hmm. Trey Crowder who calls himself the liberal the the liberal redneck. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of very liberal rednecks. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, NASCAR just announced that they are banning the Confederate flag. And yes, one driver, it's so funny, mm-hmm. there's this one driver, he's like, well, I don't like the direction it's going, and they're getting rid of my flag. And everybody's yep. like, who are you? <laughs> I posted about so, it. I posted um, this thing called um, the status, and I said, wait, his name is Ray Cicerelli or whatever. I'm like, wait, so who's going to take over his 33rd place? Because NASCAR is yeah, going to no, really right? miss him. And it got like 400 yeah. and something likes, and he ends up responding to my tweet, and he said something to the effect of, well, my driving record's speaks for itself. <laughs> like, it most certainly does. It, it certainly does. He's never wins. posted. He's never polled. Never. He's never won. He's never come in first. He's never come in second. 
I was dying laughing. I'm like, he took time to respond to me? And so I responded yeah. back, yes, your driving record speaks volumes about your ability at the race car, but your exit and the reason why you're leaving speaks volumes about your character. And he didn't respond to that. He, so. He's never actually won anything. Never. I mean, he's never, never. even posted. Never, never even posted. I mean. Nope. This is the most publicity he's getting. He might not even show up. And I someone had posted. Someone posted the funniest thing. They said, um, Ray is trending number eight, the highest he's ever trended. I was like, you know yep. what? That is so funny because it's true. <laughs> yep. Bless his heart. Um, yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. It, it, um, and, and, I mean... Here in Salisbury, I'm, where, I, where I live, not far from where I live, we have this um, Civil War memorial in the middle of town called Fame, and there's mm-hmm. just been a big, big thing. And everybody is like, everybody's like, we need to take it down, but because it's the South, they don't want to throw it in the river like they probably should. They want to put no. it in the cemetery, in the Civil War cemetery. Oh. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm sort of ambivalent about that. I think it should be melted down and you know turned into a Georgia O'Keeffe or something. I don't know. Right. Hmm. That will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, everybody in the country, every town in the country has something racist that they're either beheading, putting in the river, and it's not just us. Around the world, other racist things are going on. That they're, I think in yep. England, they had something racist. They just chucked it in the river. I'm like, oh, geez, Louise. That's the new, that's the new thing now. Getting rid you of... Talk about- you want to talk about oppression. Being mm. a woman, and as a trans man, I am going to be very staunchly feminist. Um, South you. Africa is the most dangerous place in the world to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Something it like is. they pulled it like eight, 72% of men admitted to having raped someone. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend, they found a woman hung yep. and stabbed to death. And she was eight months pregnant. And the only reason yep. they can think of that she was killed is because she's a woman. Um, they are, yeah. there is a man in, I think he was, he was in like the, um, he was somewhere near the Middle East. He told his daughter that he had to take her in for a procedure for coronavirus and had a clitoridectomy performed on her. <gasps> the world, yeah. Um, clitoridectomies are horrific. And, you know, I have men who come to me and they go, well, well, well boy, well, men have, you know, their foreskins removed. Yeah, okay, first of all, foreskin removal, I don't agree with. My son is uncircumcised. I figured it's his when he gets older, he can do whatever he wants with it. Right. Clitorin, but it does not remove your ability to, to have an orgasm and enjoy sex. Nope. Clitorindectomies nope. are often performed with with little girls, 11-year-old girls, being held down in the dirt and having their clitoris cut uh. out with a piece of broken glass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, in China, women are, are still, to this day, encouraged to have seventh and eighth month abortions. And up until recently, it was almost forced. They were ostracized yeah. by their community because they had a one-child rule. Um, little girls, little infant baby girls were left out in rice paddies to die because people would rather have a boy. Yeah. Um, in the United States, women are paid 25% less for their jobs than men are. Um, most okay. women report having been um, having been sexually harassed on the job. I know I was a couple of times. 
Um, wow. Women are treated very poorly in this country. Domestic violence in the United States and Australia are both off the freaking chart. Um, mm-hmm. And it's completely underrated. And there was with this whole fuck the police thing that's going on, somebody said, well, if you're ever raped, feel happy, you know, don't call the police since you hate them so much. Less than like 2% of reported rapes are ever, ever end up in convictions. Women who report rapes are often treated like it's their fault. They are not yeah. given support. Rape, mm-hmm. rape kits are not, there are 10-year-old rape kits in this country that have not even been looked at. They do not yeah. pursue it. So, yeah, don't call the police if you get raped. Call your brother and have him go over there with a bat. <laughs> it might be more effective, and hopefully your brother's white because he'll get off with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, this is the kind of person that I have always been. I am one of those yeah. justice kind of people. We, A friend of mine called me up and said her husband beat her. So me and a couple of the guys, we went over to the baseball with baseball bats, and we went in and we looked at the dude, and they said, this is your warning. We want you to understand that none of us are afraid of jail. Wow. And he moved out the next day. Good. It sucks you have to do that. It just sucks. Here's another thing. And- Here's another thing that people don't realize as women, and I'm sure as a trans woman you're going to experience this at some point. Women, men don't realize that when you're in a bar and some guy is feeling up another girl, it's filled up a girl, if she freezes, that doesn't mean that she's enjoying it. Women are taught that when you are assaulted, freeze. Don't move. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you want. So, you know, I am the kind of person that in, in a bar, if I see a woman and she looks uncomfortable or she looks like she's frozen, I'll walk over and I'll say, hey, how you doing? You know, can you wanna, I want to talk to you for a second. And I'll pull it mm-hmm. off. Is this unwanted attention? Because you don't have to go back if it is. I've been there. It, I've had men put their hands on me, and I didn't uh, want them to. You freeze. This woman in New York, she was, this woman in New York was being followed by three men. She went up to a black guy in the subway, started talking to him and whispered to him, hey, there are three guys following me. Can you just make sure that, you know, can you just play along with me? Why do women have to be taught self-defense measures and what to do when you're raped? Why can't men be taught not to rape women? Like, did, weren't, yeah. weren't they, they have taught, like, called a- Women have what's Go called ahead. a rape a rape schedule. And yeah. your rape schedule is the thing that you do to keep from getting raped. I get up in the morning, I dress a certain way, I mm-hmm. I hold my keys a certain way when I'm going to the car. I look both ways. I don't go into dark, deserted places. I mm-hmm. check the back seat before I get in the car. That is mm-hmm. a rape schedule and every woman has one. I do. And you shouldn't have I really do. Country. I know. But they're not gonna teach guys not to rape. So what 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 is the alternative? Teach us not to be raped. When I get out of my when I yeah. get to the gas station, the second I open my door, I lock my door. The second I yeah. open it, I lock it with my key. Because I've seen too many and, videos of people flipping in. So rape is not about sex. Because Mm-mm. if a man wants and this is not just men being one of the guys, I've always been one of the guys. And mm-hmm. men are much more willing to talk about sex with each other than they let yes. on. Men talk about yes. sex all the time. Mm-hmm. For men, most women have a have a rape fantasy. And it's not like being held on an For alley. Men. It's, yes. it's mm-hmm. that romance novel thing where the guy comes in in mm-hmm. a mask and takes her roughly. 
Men, right. very few men have rape fantasies. Men don't like that. They want you to want them. It is about the conquest and the ego of knowing that you want them. Right. So sex, for, for the male response, rape is not a part of that. It, that is aggression. Men rape women because they hate them and they want to teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they also what we know that they're not teaching gonna... our sons to hate women. And they also know that they're not going to get any repercussions, especially if they're yep. white men, because when white men rape women, they get a day in jail. They get three days in jail. Yeah. They get a slap on the wrist. If it's a black guy yep. or a Spanish guy, they get jail for life. So yep. there's it's a like, huge did you hear about that? Did you hear about that woman down in Florida a couple of weeks ago? She took her autistic son to a, a, a lake and she pushed him in and drowned him. <gasps> and then she, uh, went, then she went to the police and told them that two black men had taken her son. They came up and demanded oh, the boy because she didn't have drugs and took him. And it's really funny because I have a lot of friends who have children in the autistic community, and they were all talking about it. And I said, this is another Susan Smith. And the reason yeah. I knew that is after Susan Smith, Chris Rock came out and he said, I was suspicious of that story. Because there are not any black men in the world who want to get caught kidnapping a white kid. Yes. He's right. He's absolutely He's right. right. And so when the she said it was two the, black guys, I said, yeah. she killed that The child. fact that the police just believe that, too, that's the funny part. Yeah. Well, with um, Susan Smith, with Susan hmm. Smith, that was actually good police work because she said, this black guy stole my car, and he went, yeah, sure. And immediately started investigating her based yeah. on that story because he was like he was like that didn't happen. And this is a white sheriff in South Carolina. So there are that man was pretty, um, thank God for him. I, know, I, right? I don't believe every white person is a racist. I don't believe every man is a rapist, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> there are most some men that aren't. are. Yes, most men aren't. Right. Um, it's and I don't understand incels. I I I don't understand men talking about how women won't sleep with them. And this is I I used to know an incel, and I was talking to him one day, and there was this girl that he wanted to go out with, and he said he said I fucking hate that bitch. I just hate her so much. And I'm like, why do you hate her? And he's like, she won't go out with me. And I'm like, did you ask her? And he said, no. Well, she's probably not going to go out if you don't ask her. It's not her fault that you're an idiot. And then if she doesn't, he, she's a lesbian, clearly. Yep. I, you know, I, I get these things all the time in my news. Women, these, these things that they have with women, um, where the, 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 a guy will say, do you want to go have a cup of coffee with me? And she'll say, no, thank you. And then it flips around, you fucking bitch, you tease, you whore. Yep. All yep. she said was, no, thank you. Yes. I've gotten that. And it, it mm-hmm. happens. Men do that mm-hmm. a lot. I got this is my funny this is my funny story. Last two weeks through a month ago I came out as trans, right? I put this big post, I changed my picture, I changed my, my gender in Facebook. I talk all the time about being trans. you know, I have a picture of myself as a guy. I changed my name to Elliot. Two days ago I got this messenger request from this guy and he goes, You are a beautiful woman and you look like you're very honest and I would like to have a relationship with her with you. Oh my god. And I typed back I typed back, um I'm a dude. <laughs> oh my god! 
<sighs> it's funny you say that. So I kind I should be offended, but I'm not. So through Ancestry.com, I met my dad's side of the family. And one, uh-huh. one of my cousins, my, my first cousin, sent me a picture. And my, my other friend's like, why aren't you offended? Um, sent me a picture of me as a boy next to her son. The reason mm-hmm. why she did that was to show how much we look alike. My friend was like, yeah. why is she pulling up that old picture of you? I'm like, it's still me. But she's just showing how similar we look. She's, she knows I'm Emily. She completely 100% accepts me. My dad's side of the family, freaking amazing people. I talked to my aunt this past week on that side. Everybody knows I'm trans. They don't care. They love me. But she was just showing how similar we look. And I showed it to my mom. And my mom was like, oh, my gosh that looks like you. And I go, I know. I even showed it to my ex and my ex is like, did you have a child? And I'm like, that's disgusting. Um, But I don't ever want people to think I'm ever running away from who I used to be. I'm not. I know who I used to be. It's just, this is who I am now. And so for that person to do that, I think they may have been a bot. I think they really have been a bot, to be honest with you. The one that, that gets sense. me, the one that gets me is now that I have my hair short and I wear men's clothing. In stores, mm-hmm. people aggressively call me ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and I just want to look and go, no. <laughs> Do I look uh, like a ma'am? You know what? I This is something that I did at the beginning of my transition. I gave people a little leeway. I did. And I didn't let things bother me. Five years later, if someone calls me sir, they get attitude. They totally get attitude from me. It hasn't happened. I'm actually more surprised when I first transitioned, I got ma'am a lot. And I was shocked by that because I didn't yeah. feel like I looked like a ma'am. But it's, yeah. I guess, the energy I was putting out or whatever. But um, yeah. I love overhearing two sales clerks. The other day I was in the store and two sales clerks were like, oh, so, so you can take her and I will take this other person on the other register. And after you take her, close out your register. And I'm like, they're talking about me. And I just kind of smiled. And I was like, yeah. like, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, oh. And I know other people don't like being called ma'am. Most women don't like being called ma'am. I fucking love it. <laughs> I fucking love yeah, it. I, I uh. <laughs> You get miss a lot in the South. And the reason that oh, a lot okay. of people have a problem with it is because ma'am is age. You call I know. You, you call I don't even care. Woman, ma'am. Yes, I, I get it. Um, I don't care. Mm-hmm. See, everybody I know is everybody that I know that supports me is aggressively calling me he and Elliot. I freaking love that. Yes. And I love looking at my hair. I love looking at my hair because I, I know I you sent me that picture and I'm like, wow, holy boy. <laughs> now, I had never, I had never lived with dysmorphia for so long that I didn't even realize I had it and how, how bad that it was. And this, I've always had this picture in my head of somebody else that's not me. So I mm-hmm. look in the mirror and, you know, now that my hair is cut, I feel it's, it's hard to explain to somebody who doesn't have this, but the mm-hmm. more 
I change and the more male I look, the more comfortable and happy that I am. And mm-hmm. the more that the inside me matches the outside me and those two things yeah. correlate. I always thought that I was unattractive. I always thought that I was fat and, you know, that n- nobody would ever find me physically attractive. And it's because I didn't find myself physically attractive. But now I look at uh. her and I'm like, who is that handsome devil? You know? Yeah. And so my, uh, but with my, with, with all of this, this friend of mine who has, I, I have a lot of autistic people in my life and God love them. You want to kill them every once in a while. Um, uh. He said, he said, well, let me see your new picture. And I showed it to him. And he says, well, you look like a girl. And he didn't mean it that way, but it hit me in the chest like a sack of hammers. And for like two days, I was in what they call dysphoria, which Mm -hmm. is where, you know, where your self-image is just shaken so much that it's really hard to relate to yourself. And Mm -hmm. that was like the stunning realization, another stunning realization that you're trans. Because for me, the whole realization, there was no parade. There were no bells and whistles. And part of my brain is like, well, are you sure that this, are you sure that this is real? Because, you know, there should be something that you're feeling and you're not feeling it. And then, then I realized that I am feeling what I should feel. It's just that it's a very subtle, it's very mm-hmm. just sort of content. I'm content. And that's good. A lot of people think that content is settling, but content is freaking awesome. And once you get those little the only advice I'm ever going to give you is celebrate every little milestone. When I first started, I got my first wig and I was like, Oh, and I put it on and I wore it along with my makeup. I remember the date it was, um, I got my wig on September 11th. I came in with my wig and my makeup on 12, 13, on the 14th of September, my friends at work, because I had a similar experience at work with you that you had. Yeah. My friends at work were like, oh, you look so pretty. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm, oh my. And I was like, I'm celebrating this because I'm never going to get it back. And yep. going out and hearing this, the man, going out and having a guy open a door for me because he wants me to go first because I present as female. Like, the little yeah. things, celebrate that. So they might be little, but they're big. Mm -hmm. I have a huge chest. I have have like double D breasts, huge. Mm -hmm. And it is almost impossible for me using any sort of, um, what do they call this, compression, any kind of binders or compression. I have a binder that's supposed to be midriff that, (laughs) this is is a funny story, I put it on and it comes to Mm -hmm. about mid-breast and then it pushes my nipples up. Oh boy! So my boobs don't even fit in the in the compression shirt. Oh man! Um, but even the good compression shirts that I have make me look like maybe a B cup. So yeah. the surgery is like really important to me. Yeah, I've always wanted a breast reduction since I was fourteen and and finished developing. My body, I have looked down and thought, I want these to be way smaller. This is just ridiculous. Always. Well, there's a reason. There's a reason you want them smaller. Now you're getting them. You're get. You're gonna get them to the point where they're gonna be pecs. They're not gonna be breasts. I'm gonna lop them off. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And when you do, can I just take that? 
So is that how that works? You you get rid and I take? No? Is that how it works? There you go. <laughs> you, if you want to look like Dolly Parton, yeah, you can have them. Yeah, I don't want big boobs. I want, like, full boobs. I don't want big big ones because I hear the bigger they are, the more back pain you get. Yes. Large, large breasts also um, another thing I've noticed with large breasts, it doesn't matter how much you weigh, if you have a picture taken from, like, the waist up, you will always look fat because mm-hmm. you have all that girth up there. Yep. And the funny part, guys love women with big boobs. Oh, yeah. But big boobs are fun. For them. Not for us. And it's just, like, so funny that, like, women get these big boobs and it's like you're only doing it to attract men because you know damn well your back is hurting. You know damn yep. well you can't find a perfect bra. Like, yeah. Yeah, cute bras are right out. Done. Um, uh, you know, I like, I, I like, I, I, I don't, I uh, have a saying, more than a wine glass is a waste. They like smaller yeah. breasts. I, I like um, like a teacup. I know a lot of guys who yeah. like big old V. There's a point where it's just cartoonish, you know. Yeah. But there, yeah. there is something very sensual about breasts. I, I, I can't even tell you what it is, but there is. I like to watch, yeah. I like to watch girls on trampolines. I don't lie. Huh. Girls on trampolines. I, they hurt when you, when the, like the other day I was going to get the mail. I came back up. I'm like, can you guys stop? Like, calm down. Like, you don't need to, like, jump every time I move. Ugh. They're, yeah, they do. I, I don't they do. hate that's why, having my own boobs, but it's just, ugh, I can't clap the same. That's why, that's why they invented underwires and, and bras that keep them mm. from moving. Men oh, like it when it. your boobs move. They do. Moving, moving boobs are awesome. I like to tell my trans friends, I'm not trans, not my trans friends, my non-trans friends. I'm not transitioning for anybody but myself. So yep. if I'm not transitioning fast enough, meaning, because at the beginning, it took me about a month to get really feminine. Um, I'm not transitioning for anybody but me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you, you feel do comfortable. You anything for anybody else. <laughs> right. You have to, you have to please yourself for, in counseling, one of the things that, that they tell people is, life is sort of like being on an airplane and the the beginning, you know how when you're on the airplane, she gives you that whole safety speech and she says, in the event of decompression, masks will fall down from the ceiling. Put your Mm -hmm. mask on and pull. If you are with someone who cannot put their own mask on, put yours on first Mm -hmm. and then put theirs on. And the reason for Mm -hmm. that is, is if you die from not being able to breathe, you're not going to get their mask on either. Take nope. care of you first. Make you happy first. And then the people who really love you will be happy for you. Yes. And everybody else needs to go anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every time you're, somebody you're unfriends wrong. me, I'm happy. Every yeah, time same. somebody unfriends me, I'm happy. One less person who doesn't belong in my tribe has walked away. No loss on your part. Exactly. And, and, you invite people. I There's this thing where people say, I attract crazy people. No, you don't. You put up with crazy people. If you stop putting up with them, they'll go away. It's not yes, about attracting them. We all get this. 
we all get the same number of crazy people in our lives. Just some of us say, no, I don't think so. Not my monkeys, not my circus. Take a hike. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You were you were talking about how your family accepts everything. I live in a don't ask, don't tell situation in my home. Uh, my dad is an yeah. Trumper. And they put out this thing recently that's very telling uh, because I am occasionally privy to this crap. They have a they have a a, a a letter like a meme that's going around, and it's the day in a life, and it's this white woman walks into a grocery store and she wants to buy something and she's refused service because the star that she's wearing and and it's about how they're all oppressed for being straight and white and you know all the stuff that they have to do and how race oh, other races are 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 given and it's like living in Nazi Germany as a Jew only it's because you're white. And they don't mm. understand the irony of that is that that is mm-hmm. exactly how white people treat a Jew. Right. You know, it, you don't want people to treat you the way that you treat them. And as far as I'm concerned, I read that Bible. I, I, I read that book, and it says, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Right. So there's that. Call me they crazy. don't want to see that. They don't want to see that part of it, no. I would never treat anybody the way that they treat me. I would never Mm -mm. do that to somebody else. Never. Um, There was this girl, and we were at a convention, and she and I were going to hook up. And uh, the guy that I was seeing at the time kind of invited himself. And then another guy invited himself. And I'm like, I don't know. And she said, I'm not comfortable with this. And I leaned over and I said, and you don't have to do anything you're not comfortable with. Let's go for a walk. And she looked at me and she said, that's why I love you. And, you know, that's like one of my sweetest moments. And that's why I love you. And at that moment, I just wanted to, like, protect her and take care of her. That's what it's supposed to feel like to be a man, is to have this woman, any woman, and want to protect her and love her and make sure that she has this wonderful, happy life. That is the goal of being a man, not oppressing yeah. women, not raping women, not hurting or controlling or owning women. Being a man is supposed to be about creating safe space for the woman that you love so that she can flower and and so that she doesn't have to worry about the slings and arrows of the outside because she has this amazing knight in shining armor who is protecting her from all of that. That is the mm. man that I want to be. Yeah, I'm a little worried that if I date somebody and I tell her tell you that he treated me badly, you'd be on a plane here to Massachusetts to kick his ass. And that kind of is a valid fear because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a little nervous. So I'll, I'll try not to I'll try not to, to um, date anyone and tell you about that. Um, tell him I that I am not afraid. I am. I am. Yeah. Tell him I am 55 years old and 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 a life sentence isn't that daunting anymore. <laughs> well, you are too much. That's no, just three hops to the top, baby. That. Ain't a lot of me. And the funny part is, as a trans man, you probably get away with it. As a, a not as even a trans, trans man, man as, a, as a white man, you'll get away with it. You know, I'm protecting as my a, friend. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You can go back. As a, tra- as, a trans, as a trans man, the worst they're going to do to me is send me to women's prison. I'm going to do pretty well oh, that's there. Not, that's, like not that. a, that's not going to be a, a sentence that you're, you're going to object to. 
Are you kidding? I watch those movies. I watch those interview movies. Okay. Don't and, throw me in that briar patch, Briar Fox. <laughs> please, no. Oh gosh. And it's so funny when people say you should go to the bathroom that you were give that you were um, born into, or whatever they say. Um, yeah. Okay. So I would feel very very scared to go into a men's bathroom now. I really would. And men would look at me like, what the hell are you doing here? That's the funny part. Me dressed up as a woman, the men men would be like, what the hell are you doing here? Oh, I'm supposed to go to the bathroom I'm assigned to. Get the hell out of here. That's what they would say to me, I guarantee. I've heard this, I've heard that argument a whole lot down here. It's like, well, you're just giving perverts a license to go into them. And I'm like, I don't care how horny or angry somebody is. Nobody's going to put on pantyhose to go into a bathroom and rape somebody. Nobody. Not a guy. No. 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 You're guys not going to dress like a girl just to nope. go in and rape somebody. And nope. in fact, the truth is is that it, bathrooms are women's bathrooms are probably actually safer with trans men there mm-hmm. because trans men are probably more likely to say something to protect somebody. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. trans men are certainly much safer going to, a, or trans women are certainly much safer going to a woman's bathroom. Yes, I feel completely safe. Completely. I. But in a men's room, not so much. Ugh. No, I don't feel safe at all in there. Because men are kind of stupid. Men are terrified. And gross. All men, men are told that being gay is bad. From the time that they're yeah. child, children, we their yeah. gay jokes are. I know like a hundred gay jokes, mm-hmm. um, and they're all derogatory. They're like they're like mm-hmm. black jokes or Polish jokes or, you know, mm-hmm. blonde jokes. They're all very negative and very derogatory, and yep. um, so you're taught, ingrained in you, that being gay is wrong, bad, evil, weird, strange, bizarre, a choice, um, a perversion. Mm-hmm. And so men grow up and they're all terrified that maybe they are gay. I cannot tell mm-hmm. you how many 15-year-old boys have come to me in tears. I think I'm gay. Um, hmm. My son was never one of them. because, I, And that's another thing in this country is there needs to be frank discussion of children with children about sex. And I'm not talking about, you know, porn hub for kids here. Uh, when my son was three... He came to me and he said, I figured out the difference between boys and girls. And I said, it really hit me. And he said, boys wear blue sneakers. And I said, you're absolutely right. Boys wear blue sneakers. They're different. Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. To which he said, ew, vaginas are icky. And I said, I want you to remember that you're 30. And, uh, But we'd always talked very openly, and, and, and when he was, I guess when he was 11 or 12, and I first started, right after the first time I opened up my phone and found porn, it wasn't really hardcore porn. It was the naked, the half-naked librarian on the bed oh, sort of stuff. Yeah. I knew it was time. I went out and I got him this wonderful yeah. book called um, Something Strange is Happening in My Body, I think. And it was mm-hmm. just, it was like our bodies are lives for young boys for young kids, mm. and it talked about menstruation, and it talked about bodily changes, and it talked about sexual it talked about gayness, it, it, you know, some, it, the whole, that some people are more attracted to their own sex, and that this is okay, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful, wonderful book, and, and, you know, 
if you know a young child, it's a great, and I handed it to him and I nice. said, read this. And if you have any questions, I'm here. I'm open. I don't want to make you embarrassed about this because there's nothing to be embarrassed about. So I'm not going to make, ask any uncomfortable questions. If you want to know anything that's not explained in there, ask me and I will tell you. And Gabe is very secure in his sexuality. He nice. is, he's never been one of those kind of boys who needed to go out and lose his virginity and score. He's willing to take his time. He understands that it's better if you're in love with somebody and he's waiting to meet the right person. Um, my most proud moment was the day that gay marriage was made legal. Even though he is not gay at all, he turned to me and he goes, does that mean we won, Mom? And I said, yes. And another really proud moment is he was doing Uber Eats and I was driving him and delivery at Hooters and he would go in and he would pick up the food. And he got in there and it wasn't ready, so he had to wait like 30 minutes sitting at the bar with the Hooters girls who were all chatting with him. And when he came out, I, I leaned over and I said, I bet that was a great experience, huh? You know, talking to the Hooters girls. And he said, right. you know, Mom, it was really weird. I really enjoyed it, and I loved looking at them, and they're all really pretty. But I felt like I was using them and taking advantage of them, and that what I was Aww. doing was inappropriate because I was treating them like they were meat, um, and I didn't like that. Aww. So I raised a man, and I'm very proud of that. That is so awesome. You did raise a man. Yeah. Not a sensitive man. You don't need an adjective in front of it. You raised a man, period. Yeah. That's it. That's the tweet. That's the end of it. Yep. Aww. Oh, you were um, talking about changes. One of the things that they said is once you start taking testosterone, you may actually mm-hmm. feel fewer feelings. Really? Yeah. Wow. I feel like I, I know, got right? more feelings because, again, yeah. total opposite. I became more of a feminist when I became trans. You know what I noticed right away? Um, so, of course, everybody knows when, you, when you're trans, you go through, through puberty. So, yeah. the, this first year, you're going to, is your second puberty, your male puberty. I went through my female yep. puberty. At first, I was flat-chested, and now I'm no longer um, due to my puberty. I noticed that people talk at my chest. They don't look at my eyes anymore. And I don't have ginormous boobs, but holy mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, boobs are a fascination. I um I don't know how much I don't know how much of that I'm gonna go through. I think some of the physical stuff I think I'm gonna go mm-hmm. through the physical stuff, but a lot of the emotional stuff. I'm mm-hmm. fairly emotionally muted anyway. I feel mm-hmm. I will sometimes feel things strongly, but I, I kinda have that guy thing. Sometimes you'll ask me what I'm thinking and I'm not thinking I'm thinking, you know, something stupid about hockey or whatever. You know yeah. dumb. Something or, or nothing at all. I, I do have moments. I am very, very male in my responses to things. Um, oh. I don't have, I, my strong feelings are things like righteous indignation. And right. when I love, I love very deeply, but I don't mm-hmm. love a lot. I mean, I, I love people, but I, when I love people, I love them very deeply. And when I don't love them, I'm really apathetic. I don't really yeah. give a crap. Same. I have mm-hmm. really male responses to that. I love watching the violence of hockey. Um, oh, uh, no. yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very, very male. 
I love shooting yeah. a gun. I, I target shoot and I'm a marksman. Oof. So Oof. My goodness. And I am gracious. a marksman. Yeah. So any any boyfriends who abuse you should probably know that too. Um, <laughs> um Are you listening, Van Jones? That's my newest boyfriend. <laughs> okay. I'm obsessed with him. Um, oh my god. I um but I, I don't think that I'm going to have as many emotional changes as I do because my responses are already pretty masculine. Uh, um, okay. And the one that concerns me, the one that concerns me now is, um, is that they say, you know how teenage boys are, they want to just screw all the time. And yeah, I'm like that anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm going to turn into some sort of sex mania. If you're going to have me, you know, I don't know. I don't think like, so. I, I I'm think, already getting letters from Pornhub, you know. <laughs> I think that going into it, you you'll you'll sense a change and you'll know exactly how to respond. That's what I think is going to happen. I think so. You will feel. I do, different. and I've already you'll arranged. Like, there's, yeah. There's apparently one trans can, a trans counselor in the entirety of North Carolina, and I've already connected with him and oh. told him, look. I have a huge support group. I have lots of friends. I have lots of therapy. I am uh, sort of psychological myself. I may occasionally, he's like, I'm really busy and it's hard for me to get hold of. And I'm like, what you'd probably get from me is an occasional email going, I am really pissed off right now and I don't know why. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) I just need somebody to talk me down. Yeah. I could have sex with an apple pie right now. What do I do? Have, have at her. What he's gonna say? <laughs> Just because don't I do. serve the pilot. For many, many years, I did not have much of a libido, and the reason that I did not have much of a libido is because sex was wrong in my head. My fantasies have always been me having sex with a woman as a man. I am mm. not a lesbian. It, right. It, it's and because it's different. I I. And in my head, a heteronormative man. Man, mm-hmm. when I want to have sex with a man, it's it's gay sex. I prefer that sort of interaction to mm. standard heterosexual sex. So, mm-hmm. and and I can't make people understand that this is who I've always been. I I've been to a monster truck rally. I've been to drag races. I, you know, I, I'm all of my responses are guys. Every man that I've ever – it's always been difficult for me to get a date with a guy because they relate to me as a guy, and they're straight, and they didn't want to date a guy. And I always thought that that was something about me, and it's not true. It, 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 well, it kind of is true, but it's not a negative thing. It's not that I'm unlovable. Uh, I nope. have always had straight girlfriends, mm-hmm. always. I can't tell you how many straight women have come up to me and said I've always been bi-curious, and I want you to be my first. Oy, or oy. how many gay men? How how many gay men have come up to me and said I've always been curious about you know straight sex and I wondered if maybe you would. I, I get that a lot. Oh my god! Because yeah, apparently I come uh, off as kinky. I don't know. I am. <laughs> how I don't understand. <laughs> man, uh, but since but since I've been since. I've been trans, and my body is starting to match the um, the, the picture that I have in my head, and I am accepting who mm-hmm. I am. I'm, I'll mm-hmm. be walking through the grocery store, and this girl will walk up in front of me, and I'll be like, damn, it's close. A, a friend of mine 
sent me nudes of her, and mm-hmm. I was like, she was like, she was like, so what do you think? I'm going to give these to my girl, to my, she's, she's gay, and she's like, I'm going to give these to my girl. I'm like, I think you need to stop sending me those, because I have <laughs> I, she's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I can't type. What do you think's wrong? <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, um, people try to send me nudes, and I'm like, yeah, don't. Don't do that. I don't want to see your nudes. You're my friend. (laughs) Don't send them to me. Oh, I want to see them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll direct them to you now. (laughs) Send them. I will look. Oh, my God. That's funny. Oh, man. I'm like an 18-year-old boy now. What am I going to be? I know. Yeah, like I said, you're going through your puberty now. So, like, right now you're like a 13-year-old boy. Literally right now that's where you're starting. I know. I I know. Oh, my God. Uh, I go July the 2nd, and I have the first appointment, and I am hoping, because this has all gone much more quickly, I am from back in the day. There was a time when you had to, when, when I first became aware of this, what you would have to do is, in order to have the surgery, you would have to live for two to five years as a gender of your choice. And then yes. you would have to go through three to four years of psychological counseling to assure oh that my if, you had, if you had ever been suicidal, then you were automatically taken off the list. Oh. And you had to go through all oh of that. God. And then the last no, time I heard about no. it, you had to do three counseling sessions. And mm-hmm. um, so... That was my first thought. I'll, I'll schedule counseling, and I called up the the counseling lady, and at the end, you know, about halfway through, she went from being that clinical professional to calling me Elliot, and she said, she said nice. everything that you're saying matches up with what every other trans man has ever said. She said, I find <laughs> you to be, because she would ask me questions like, have you ever been suicidal? And instead of lying, I would say, absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. These are the coping skills that I have, or do you get depressed? And yes, I do because life goes bad. She said, "Are you mm-hmm. anxious?" I said, "Do you watch the news?" Of course, I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. I have these coping mechanisms. She actually said that I was sane, which nobody's ever said about me before. Oh, I would say that. Yeah, you're sane. Yeah, I, I, I am. That. I'm very. I I am now because I figured Irrational. out what the problem. I figured. Mm-hmm. I figured out what the problem mm-hmm. was, and the problem was yep. I was trying real hard to be a girl. Mm-hmm. I just gave away most of my girl girl clothes. I gave away four long leaf bags full of girls' clothes away. Mm-hmm. Yep, I donated I four bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't work. Yep. When I went to go clean out my bedroom at my mom's house, because I'm moving back to my mom's house um, August 1st, I found some boy clothes, and I'm like, oh, go giving those to Goodwill. I don't, I don't need those anymore. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend. I am, as you can tell, I'm a very open trans person. And if anybody listening to this sure. wants to find me on Facebook, it's Elliot Ashton Hutchins. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also going to be doing Instagram. One of the things that I'm going to do on I both my Facebook wait. and my Instagram mm-hmm. is I am going to record my trans journey. When any, anything happens that's of significance, I'm going mm-hmm. to do a live journal, and I have my first one on there today. Um, nice. I'm going to open up an Elliot account on Instagram, which I will give you if you want to put it here, if any of your listeners want to join. And yes, I am please. entertaining any question that you ever had. Okay. I, I, there is no question that's too personal. 
I believe that the more information people have about something and the more they know what's going on with it, the less afraid they are. Knowledge really is power. I have a friend whose daughter is just fascinated with my whole, she's like, tell me about your trans journey. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell if she's just really interested or she's hitting on me. But she asked me the other day, she said, I want to ask you a personal question. And she's gotten pretty personal, so I'm thinking, what the hell is coming now? And I said, mm-hmm. she, she said, do you get to pick your penis size? Oh, is they? And I said, I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. If, if I if I decide to go that way, I, I'm sure I get a choice. And she said, well, are you going to go for a horse dick? Oh, my God. Ow. And I said, I said, you know, I don't know. I, I think I might go a little bit above average. I understand, having been a woman, that it's girth as opposed to length. So, you know, I'm going to go that direction. But oh, I said, I haven't God. decided. Because there are two different surgeries that they do for bottoms for males. One of them mm-hmm. is they take existing tissue and they form a penis out of it, which can become erect on its own. But mm-hmm. which is very small. It's usually like about two inches. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot you can do with that. Or they can create one in plastic surgery using skin from like your arm or whatever, which I'm thinking if they could do it at the same time they do the mammy, the mammogram, the, mam, the mammoplasty, they'll have plenty to work with. Mm. But um, th- what they do is, is they, they build it. My concern with that, though, is sensitivity because – like I told you earlier, it's a choice between having a penis or an orgasm. I'm going orgasm. <laughs> and besides that, Adam and Eve has a complete collection, every color, every shape, every size, that vibrate, that have flavor. I can have an Wow. It's kind of how it is in my head at this point. So for you, having and a penis it, doesn't make you a man. It would, but... Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if there was a genie, if there was a genie who could say, I can turn you into a guy right now and snap your fingers, I would be like, yes, I want a penis. I, I mm-hmm. absolutely want a male penis. Right. But it's like life. It's like it's like a non-resuscitate order. What is the point yeah. of living if you're on a machine? What is the point of having a penis if it functions, but you can never have an orgasm again? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm all about the female orgasm. Don't get me wrong. I will mm-hmm. make sure that my girlfriend gets there every time. But <laughs> mine is important. I'm not so stupid to think that that's more important than mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially not the artificial stuff. I'm, I've discovered that, like, wearing men's clothes helps ease the dysmorphia. Having a short clo- hair yeah. helps with the dysmorphia. Being called Elliot helps so really. In your pronouns. I mm-hmm. am. Yeah, I'm living who I am. Yeah. But you know, it it it's about the experience and the quality of life that I'll have. Mhm. Mhm. That's more important, I think. Yeah. And you know, so I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I and I think that these are things that you need to think about. Fools rush in where mm-hmm. angels fear to tread. It's like when I when I talk to the doctor, she's like she's like, well, you know, you sound like like you're very, you know, thoughtful and that you and that, and yes, before you go cutting pieces off of your body or sewing pieces onto your body, you need to be dead sure. 
you, you need, need to, to be dead sure. Walk into mm-hmm. that. You need yeah. to walk in. I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about having a tattoo, okay? Oh, boy. So I am certainly going to know exactly what I'm getting into walking into a surgery. Agreed. I have tattoos, but I can't that do is it. another thing. I, mm. I See, I'm addicted. Um, when you, most people don't realize this, but you can become addicted to tattooing certain people more than others. I do what they call going, going, um, um, I, I get a lot of serotonin and dopamine in my brain very quickly. Mm, um, mm-hmm. when you get, when you get a tattoo, it brings that up in your head and it happens for me very quickly. So I don't feel any pain. I never feel any pain when they take blood or any of that kind of stuff either. Um, and it's going to get more so once I start the testosterone and my skin gets thicker. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to get, I, this is another of my body modifications. I'm going to get an ear piercing. I'm going to get my nose pierced again. Um, I've always been a body modifier. I'm going to get sleeves for sure. Wow. I definitely want, I, I know what I'm going to get on my left arm. Um, I'm a big fan of the show Supernatural. So up near my shoulder, I'm going to start with what they call the anti-possession sigil, which is a star with a pentagram in the middle of it. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to do like arcane stuff. I'm going to have a picture of an angel. I already have a couple of angels and some angel angelic script. And I'm going to do that sort of imagery on one arm. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do on the other arm yet, though. Just be careful because you don't know how much body hair you're going to produce that might cover these tattoos. Absolutely. Well, I'm a manscaper. So, I can feel that already. Oh, okay. 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 That yeah, I'm already sense. thinking about getting all the surgery here. I, I, yeah. Um, I don't, okay. uh, I don't like a lot of body hair. I, I might not, I don't mind having some on my chest. And, yeah, and also I'm blonde. England, uh, every, I am from, I've got a lot of Scandinavian. So anybody here yeah. I've ever had has always been very light colored and very fine. Yeah. It's going to be thicker now. It is. I'm hoping so. I was sick for a long time, which is why I worked for this company with disabled people. I was very, mm-hmm. very sick. Um, I was actually bedridden. And one of the symptoms is, is I lost a lot of my body hair. I don't have any hair at all on my legs uh, or much under my arms. So I'm hoping that's going to grow back. Yeah, it will. <laughs> Most definitely. Before we wrap hoping. up, do you have um, anything, well, like I've always had, an Eva Mendez moment, something that happened that was like, wow, that was cool. I mean, you probably have a ton since since you came out, but do you have any um, anything recently that you want to share? Um, I, my whole life has sort of been a... a, a yeah, it kind of had recently. Yeah, it kind of has. Because I was, I've only had one negative reaction. Everybody has been so positive and supportive and, yeah. and yep. all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, meeting you is nice. Um, I mean, that's been awesome. I think I really found my... It, I had a little brother who passed away in 2011, and I feel like I found his room even though I'm the younger one. <laughs> so, yeah, but still, you're, you're my brother. You're my brother. Totally, 100. Awesome. I feel like awesome. I found that. Um, I, Any shout-outs that you want to do? 
Okay. You know, I, I do have my Eva Mendez moment. I was very sick and I was right. recently cured. Um, I nice. I have been celibate for 15 years and I went in a few years ago and I was diagnosed with um, syphilis. They said you, you failed a syphilis test and I'm like, there's no way. You know, mm-hmm. me and the Virgin Mary walked to a bar. And <laughs> so I went to the doctor and they took another test and they said it's false positive. Don't worry about it. So I didn't for oh, two okay. years and then I went to the doc, my new doctor and she said, no, we have to look into that. And they ran all of these tests. And she said, oh, you, you're still coming up that way. And internal medicine was like, it looks like there's being tr- she's being treated. There's something weird going on here. And I started reading, and I discovered that that test will also uh, pop for lupus. And I thought, crap. Mm. I, my symptoms are much more lupusy than they are syphilis. So I went oh to my, my doctor, and, and she's like, I said, I think it's lupus. And she said, why? And the more I told her, the more her face fell. And at the end of it, she said, we're going to run every possible test, and we're going to figure out exactly what's wrong. So four mm-hmm. days later, they called me back, and they said, you do not have lupus. You do not have syphilis. You also do not have Lyme disease. You have Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And had what? it for six years. Yeah, I got it from a tick because I'm outdoorsy. Uh. Um, and I looked it up online, and undiagnosed, it's 85% fatal. <gasps> and I oh my was gosh. like, bed. I know. I was like bedridden sick. I was I was moving towards death. And because oh of that God. and because of a couple of other things, I had really bad anemia. So recently this doctor, she and it's doxycycline. They give you like dox, high doses of doxycycline for two weeks and I was sick as a dog and now I'm cured and I can never get it again. So I can go back out in the woods. Nice. But um once they did that and then I was diagnosed with really bad anemia. And your hemoglobin is supposed to be like 175 to 200, and mine was four. So <clears> they sent me in, and they pumped me full of iron. They almost put me in the hospital. And within a day, I felt like I was 18 again. And that was wow. the thing that brought me to where I am. I was finally physically healthy and mentally healthy because I've spent the past few years really working on myself. So that moment when I realized that I was trans was really sort of, the final resolution of every bad thing in my life. So it's more to me than just, you know, being trans. It's the thing that literally saved my life. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. 100%. So that's my even at this moment. Saved I would my have life. to agree that this has saved my life as well. Not that I was suicidal, yeah. but God, I was. Every day I woke up and I was just like, this is going to sound strange. Or something to change it and I don't know what it is. And when I finally came up with, you know what, stop waiting, become trans, I've never woken up ever since that day and said, I need to change my life. I'm living my best life. Yeah. And it's so strange how that how that one decision completely changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. So, and it's so distressing um, that somebody wants to take that away from you just because it makes yeah. them vaguely uncomfortable. That's that's not our problem. That's their problem. We're not taking anything away from them. We're not spending their tax dollars. We're not going, you nope. know what I mean? So I don't understand. Nope. Uh, well, whatever. Um, I think my Eva Mendez moment was talking with my aunt. And she knows I'm trans, and this woman is in her 60s, and she could give a damn. She found her family. 
That's all she cared about. And that unconditional love. And also I'd have to add in seeing a picture of someone in my family that looks like me where I grew up with people that I had no, like, I did not know how I fit into this family. I'm like, I don't look like these people. I don't understand. And now I have a whole family. My entire dad's side of the family is like, she has our nose. She has our forehead. I'm like, they're picking apart things that are them. And that feels so good. That felt so good. But yeah. Um, for my last thing, I want to give a shout out to my new friend, Rui. I met him because la- um, two weeks ago, I went to call um, the Boston Housing Authority and just complain about my upstairs neighbor. I'm just done. And he's like, you can file a complaint, but this is how long it's going to take. And I'm like, oh, forget it. I'm moving anyway. And we started talking and we clicked on a personal level. Now I'm friends with this person. I'm literally friends with the guy in the housing authority that I was talking to about one issue. And it's just, I wanted to give him a shout out because he's an amazing guy. He's been through a lot. And you just never know who you're going to meet. You never know. Um, but yeah, that's yep. my shout out. Do you have a shout out? Yeah, my my boss at the company that I was at, the minute I told yeah. her that I was trans, she really mobilized to mm-hmm. make absolutely sure that no one was comfortable and yep. to make me feel loved and accepted and that she was okay with it. Thanks. It's I almost mean, like you wish you came out earlier. Mm. Yeah. She was all yeah. like, absolutely. You know, let's get her done. Yep. Yep. That was really oh. nice. Any final words before we sign off? Um, my favorite quote, my two favorite quotes, um, be the change you want to see in the world by Gandhi. Yeah. In spite of, and this one really, really touches me in spite of everything. I still believe in the goodness of people and that's on fire. And she said that at Auschwitz. Wow. That's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope we have you back. Thank you for inviting me. You know, I live. Of course. (laughs) thanks guys for listening Um, again I had an interview on Thursday if you want to check it out with Gabby Pickle and follow you can find Elliot where on Facebook and Instagram soon Uh, I'm on Instagram Elliot okay Let let me add you okay again thanks everyone for listening hope you have a great Sunday and enjoy your week Bye, everyone. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.